Hi, you're with Julian on the brown notes and one of the longest bows I've probably drawn on this. Um, from Salman Rushdie to Donald Trump, America's role in fomenting uh, extremism. And I hope the sun doesn't come through like it did in the last one. So Salman Rushdie is a Mumbai-born British author and I can thoroughly recommend Midnight's Children as one of the finest novels I've ever writ read. Um, if you like 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, it is uh, the finest magic realism riff on that book ever. An, an incredible novel. I think it won the, um, they have the Booker Prize and I think it won the um, best Booker Prize winner of the first 25 years of it. Deservedly so, but it was his fourth novel, The Satanic Verses, about the immigrant experience in the UK that really set alarm bells going globally. At a time when we didn't know about the possibility of Islamic extremism in the same way that we would after 9-11. Remember, this is the end of the 1980s. We didn't know about these things. We didn't know you could draw a, pro a picture of the Prophet Muhammad and get killed. This was all new. So in a country like the UK, which has a very strong tradition of uh, challenging art, being able to question religion, being able to question Islam in that manner resulted in the Ayatollah Khomeini, Iran had um, had a Western-backed dictator-ish in charge, pretty much a dictator, the Shah, for decades, and had had a, a, the Iranian Revolution where the Islamists took over Iran and became America's mortal enemy ever since, even though they didn't need to today. But the Ayatollah put a fatwa on the head of Salman Rushdie, which was like a three million dollar hit. It was it was a hit. It was a mafia hit. So um, he lived the next 10 years of his life in state-funded um, security, rightly so. And there were multiple attempts on his life that apparently the security forces stopped. So we wind forward decades and this writer um, is on stage in New York in a manner that is dis it's pretty disgraceful. I mean, I mean, you talk about more security guards not doing their job. There was only two of them there, and one of them actually tackled this knife-wielding maniac and arrested him. But why there was two security guards at a major event that you could apply for a ticket to go to, anyone did, and so did this guy, um, Hadi Matar, and they didn't have any bag checks. You get more stuff going to a, a local book signing. Salman Rushdie has had this hit on his head for like 30 years, 40 years nearly. And no one's checking this out. Like they've got two security cards at a major festival. Um, but the, the long part of the longbow I'm drawing here is a Hadi Matar has Lebanese parents that moved from Lebanon to America and never did anything wrong. He is born and bred American. He was lived in California most of his life and moved to New York. He 
his immigrant parents from the Middle East didn't do anything. Now, an event The sun destroyed another video I made. So there was another event a couple of days before this incident and um, the FBI raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate and recovered the uh, nuclear secrets and God knows what else. Apparently documents he didn't have but had declassified. How you do that, I don't know. And the idea of someone declassifying documents themselves is terrifying. You know, when I, you know, when, when Trump was coming to power and I said he's going to steal the nuclear documents and sell them to Russia I was joking <laughs> but that's not what this is about Ricky Water Schiffer a guy that turned up on January the 6th in Washington and took part in that riot because he believed the egregiously maliciously wrong view that Donald Trump had had the election stolen from him after the raid by the FBI on his Mar-a-Lago estate, uh, Ricky Walter Schiffer turns up at an FBI office and tries to shoot it up with a nail gun and he had an AR-15 with him and he was shot and killed. Now, are these two people really so different? I don't think so. I think they're pretty much the same side of the same coin. These events are almost always entirely homegrown people doing it. You can look at the bombings in um, July in, uh, was it 2007 in, in London? They were homegrown guys. These aren't guys that grew up in a dirt farm in the Middle East. They grew up in England. Many of these attacks happen from homegrown people. So you have to ask yourself, you know, these aren't Islamists living out there post 9-11. We know the 9-11 people came from Saudi Arabia. But most of them seem, most of these attacks are people that have been living or were born in the countries that they happen. So this is a sort of long bow. America has always supported Islamist extremists. And why that is, you can ask yourself. They have supported Saudi Arabian Wahhabism from the start, from the 1940s when they realised that petrol was there, they supported the Wahhabi Saudis all the way through. But not only there as well, they supported to a degree the Muslim Brotherhood, and it's funny that only... What countries list the Muslim Brotherhood as... So, today the primary state backers of the Muslim Brotherhood are Qatar and Turkey, both on good terms with America, and it's listed as a terrorist organization by Bahrain, Egypt, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. Not so much America. There's um, the famous story of Afghanistan, uh, which is the... Um, in if, Like, if you want to see how much this is a, a, a continuation of American foreign policy, I'll put in the comments if anyone cares a piece I did a couple of years ago, which goes through from the 1940s to the present day, how many times covert American foreign policy, the CIA and you know Delta Ops people have been in these countries supporting Islamist groups 
from the beginning. And Afghanistan is probably the most obvious point of reference here. They didn't just go in and support the Mujahideen in the 1980s. They were there from 1972, and they were supporting extremist Islamist groups and rejecting more moderate people, which is a paradigm that has been repeated. You can ask yourself why. My personal opinion is that these moderate groups in these countries that are looking for rebellion want to do so from a point of social justice. They want not foreign com companies coming in and raping and pillaging their country. They want, you know, free education, good minimum wage. They want ownership of their utilities and their, if they've got oil or something like that, they want it to be owned by the people. <laughs> America doesn't want a bar of that. They want, they will do a deal with these extremists. I mean, recently it came out, uh, the BBC's reporting suggests that Car uh, Jimmy Carter's administration, uh, documents seen by the BBC said the Carter administration paved the way for the Ayatollah Khomeini to return to Iran by holding the army back from launching a coup. This is before the Iranian revolution that famously kidnapped a lot of Americans. Iranian leaders reacted to fury to reports the newly declassified this is as 2016. Newly declassified US diplomatic cables revealed extensive contact between Ayatollah Khomeini and the Carter administration weeks ahead of the revolution and paving the way for him to return in Iran. But in um, Afghanistan, they actually funded, armed and trained the Mujahideen who led to, who morphed into the Taliban at the end of the 80s. And they have continually supported extremists and dictators over socialists all the time. And particularly, they've supported anyone that is on the opposite side to Russia, no matter how egregious they are. Osama, was operate, Osama bin Laden was operating on the same side as the Americans for an entire decade inside Afghanistan. The, the other part of this is, is not just that they've continually supported extremist Islam, which has fermented something that we hadn't seen prior to pretty much the, um, the fatwa on Salman Rushdie, which um, had its logical conclusion in 9-11. We hadn't seen that side of Islamic extremism, and you have to wonder if decades of support by America has fomented this kind of extremism. But the other thing is, I'm sure I'm applying this quote very badly wrong, but I think it was Andy Warhol who said, pop will eat itself. And this kind of extremism existed overseas at arm's length from America for many years, but it seems like it is chickens coming home to roost. The media in America has become so antagonistically, aggressively cultivating of extremism from the start of the 2000s with the right-wing talking heads barking, whipping up anger news media, and the complete negation of any sort of truthfulness from right-wing news media. I think there was a famed tenet which um, American news media had to abide by, which lasted up until the 80s, which was that they had to, in some degree, tell the truth. And the Republicans under, I think, Reagan removed that obstacle for people like Fox News to come onto the scene and just lie about everything. So since the 2000s, we've had this, 
like snowball of um, more and more angry people in America. And it's telling that you've got someone on the Muslim extremist side, likely, and someone on the Trump supporting side, both committing these terrorist acts days apart. Because our me the media has just whipped up this polarized thing. You can see the way the media is treating the uh, raid on Trump now. It wasn't just right-wing news media that led to Trump. People like the, the CNN and, and CBS and all these people have said openly that Trump was good for business. Even though they hate him and it's bad for the country, he sells clicks. And they're doing it again. But you can't not draw a line with the attack on the FBI office and the media reporting by people like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity. These people are, you know, insurrectionists in their own right. There are things like inequality and polarization and the disenfranchisement of the modern era in Western societies, which is a big part of it. But there is also this incredible bubble of toxic news media, which seems to lead to these events happening or the fomentation of extremists. And I think it is timely to reflect on what led to both events and how culpable America's behavior in the past and in the recent history with regards to the politicians and the news media has been in fomenting extremism.